I'm Vince. I'm Travis. And we're about to ruin your games and stuff. This is Travis! Welcome to Undesign. Hello, Travis. How are you today, sir? Hi, Vince. How are you? I'm fine. I'm, uh... I'm I'm really excited about our topic of the day. I like that. I like how you matched my energy there. You started out sounding like you weren't going to, and then you did. You brought it right up. I'm excited. Look, about I'm that easy too. to work with. I've been told this on many occasions. <laughs> well, that's good. I'm glad that your various collaboration partners have all, uh, you know, given you a positive survey response at the end of yeah, the interaction. Yeah, I'm very I'm very humble about things too. That's good. That's nice. So let's talk about this uh, this thing that you got to roll this time, and and uh, you uh, you uh, may, I, maybe you hurt your finger while you were rolling it. I'm not sure. Um, this this a thing about damage and maiming in games, right? Ah, I see what you did there. Yeah, so, you, you hurt your little finger. Yes, yes, exactly. Today I rolled up talking about representing damage and maiming in games. That's right. Absolutely. So, so what does that mean? So what does what repping damage and maiming in games mean? What, what do you mean by this? Yeah, so, so let me level set out of the gate. Okay, so this is an interesting one to me because this is one of those places where everybody's got an opinion. Everybody sort of armchair game designs, but no one really thinks about the underlying causes or, or effects, I should say, of what they're, mm -hmm. they're getting at. Let me make this real for you, because that's all kind of abstract. Yeah, what's the question about, really? What's it yeah, really yeah. about? So how many times, instead of saying that, I'll, I'll make it real through a scenario. How many times have you heard the following? We've both been playing D&D for pretty much 25 years or yep. something like that. So maybe longer now. Oh, my God, it's longer. All right, anyway. Long time, yeah. We've been saying 25 years forever. For many years, <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so how many times, you know, and D&D traditionally has this sort of hit point system for those who might not have played it where, you know, it gets, you get more and more hit points and a sword does a certain amount of damage to you. And in general, once you reach a certain level, a sword pretty much will never kill you outright. But more so, like, let's say I have 90 hit points total, okay? I am just as operationally effective at 90 hit points as I am at one hit point, right? Like that is to say, I'm just as good at swinging my sword and dodging out of the way of fireballs and, and whatever else I might need to do. Whereas other games uh, that may have like some kind of damage track or something like that, right? Say, okay, at this level of damage, you take some kind of negative to these rolls and so on and so forth, right? And people have pushed back on D&D &D and said, why don't we have this, this thing? It would be more realistic or some appeal like that, right? And that always gets right up in my craw. I hate that. So uh, so you're saying you have some opinions on this. I, I do. I do. Like everybody else. Um, but my opinion isn't is perhaps different because I don't think there is a right way to represent damage yeah. or something. So, yeah, there's absolutely not a right way just to cover, like, every situation, right? Yes. Like, that's just not a thing. That that Like, it's going to be different for every game that you play, um, every game that you design. If you're a designer and you're designing a game, you got to take a, a hard look at what, what, your, what your target really is, right? And, yes. like, 
most of the time you can tell right away. Like like if you're playing like just like if we're gonna take Dungeons and Dragons as the baseline, sure. it's pretty simple to to differentiate between a high fantasy game where the heroes are heroic and they're expected to triumph, and it's just not suitable to have like some 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 gory detail of an injury or a wound slow them down right it's just not it's not important we're 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 more, we're more interested in the story of the heroes and the he, and the hero's journey um and fighting the bad guys and defeating the bad guys and and moving on to the next bad guys that's kind of what it is but then if you're talking about like a gritty like 70s a gritty 70s or 80s dark fantasy game you know, sure. where like death and dismemberment is the norm for both like common people and adventurers. Yep. I, I, it seems like the perfect time to implement some kind of grueling, damaging system that that puts people through the ringer, just the, the same way that you know, um, McLean gets put through the ringer in Die Hard. You know, yes. he continues to to rack up pain and injury all throughout, and it affects him. Yep. You um, know, you just hit on exactly the point I want to make, and you did it so well. And that is the following. When I say there's no right way to represent damage, I think what I mean is there's no universal way, right? There's certainly a right way for that game and the agenda that you're trying to pursue and represent the world you are trying to bring to life, right? So if, you're, if your world is about, if violence has serious consequences in your world, Right. If you want to discourage people from just getting in willy nilly fights and you want people to have to talk through things and solve things and violence has consequences. I think of like, um, do you ever see the movie Three Kings? Sure. Yeah. Love that movie. But the, the uh, Yeah. Yeah. There are the three guys looking for the, the money. Right. Yes. The gold. Looking for gold in the first Iraq war. Exactly. And so there's a scene where George Clooney explains to like the young hotshot who doesn't care about violence. Right. And is like. Woohoo, gung ho. He's like, really? You want to know what a bullet does? And like, he shows you, like, they actually sort of, in a, uh, a non diegetic way, show you mm -hmm. exactly. Here's the gory details. Yes, what a bullet does, how it hits, how it destroys flesh, how everything around it starts necrotizing. And that, you know, it's not a movie, right? And so, right away, that explanation and the way that they set the effect of violence in that world showed that this movie isn't going to be about a bunch of soldiers like woo, gunning their way through something, right? They're going to have to be clever. They're going to have to talk. We're good. This is going to be a movie about thinking out of a problem, not shooting yeah. out of a problem. And uh, in the same way, your games can utilize that, right? Because if violence has very serious consequences, if a couple of shots have a high probability to kill you or injure you long term, right? You right. can there's, lose there's arms, suddenly a legs. tonal shift. Yes, exactly. Like not only does the tone of the game shift to become more gritty, but also maybe because at the same time, if you then also combine that with allowing the PCs to solve problems through talking, the game could be very happy and lighthearted, right? It's just People avoid violence because, like in the real world, we don't tend to walk around punching each other all the time just for fun. We tend to argue things right. out because we know violence sucks. Hurt. It always sucks. Yeah, like like even the even the best fighter, someone who who is used to fighting, knows it kind of sucks. Like you're gonna get hit and you're gonna get hurt. Yeah, they they know it more than most, and you're not gonna to, win every time. Yes, they have to train really hard more to take the pain right than they even do how to to dish it out. So, um. 
to me, that's, I think, something very important to realize is that when you talk about the effects of damage, what it does to the characters, it really, really, really has an impact on how your game plays and the overall tone and experience yeah. of playing it. There are there are a couple of really good examples of a- active use of those kind of things, like the Shadowrun game, like second around second edition, I think, because um, that's the one I'm most familiar with. I, I know there were later editions that had similar rules. Um but they had they had kind of a ramp ramp up kind of thing with where where you would take some damage and suddenly everything got harder and the next time you took damage things were probably going to get even further difficult, right? Um, so so it it it, it created an urgency, um, a lopsided urgency towards the end of combats, right? Right. So the the longer a combat went on, the more likely you are wanting to get out of it. You know, either you're going to choose to run. Or you're going to be really, really putting everything you have into getting your strategy right to finish this off fast because you're going down otherwise, like, and that's the end. It's a great point. It um, totally encouraged the right kind of behavior that you wanted to mm-hmm. sort of to represent of the characters in the world, right? Because you want them to run from the gunfight at some point. You want them to uh, really think deeply about the fight. Like so much of Shadowrun as a, as a sort of concept a lot it's, of it funneled you towards that, yeah. Yeah, this, um, like it was also planning. interesting. It was also also interesting that it only had ten damage instances too, which basically me- meant that like it wasn't uh, um, a, a grand scaling kind of game like Dungeons and Dragons, um, where it just you know your hit points just kept going up and up and up and up and up. It's just everybody c- can get killed. You know that's the thing. Everyone yep. can die, yep. and everyone can die from one shot. Okay, uh, it was unlikely, but. You could. You could still die, even if you were the toughest troll on the street. You could still die from one shot. Um, so that was interesting. It's an interesting way to look at damage and how you can make a, a more gritty game um, really really force a sense of urgency on your players as a designer. Um, another one that I, found, I find interesting is Mordheim, which isn't actually a role-playing game, although there might be some role-playing rules around it. Um, but that certainly has some interesting damaging things but it's after the fact. It's kind of an after the fact deal. Right. Um, but I find the randomity of it interesting. It's like it, it, excessively interesting, right? Yes. I totally so, know where you're going, but I, I, do, you, do you want me to take this or do you, you yeah, want to go? You're certainly more, more familiar with it um, since I, I don't necessarily play war games very much, but you've, you've, I mean, you've rewritten Mordheim basically. Correct. Um, as, a, as a fan edit. So, yeah. Right. So, exactly. This is. This is a world where that is very gritty because it combines, you know, violence that's happening all the time, right? Like violence is a very big part of the game with uh, very, very, very serious consequences for violence, right? Not only just, of course, death, but after the game, you engage in this sort of role on like an injury chart, right? And in doing so, you can be, you know, permanently maimed, lose arms, eyes, have nerve damage, have sucking chest wounds that last, you know, forever, things like this. Yeah. And the interesting thing there is that permanency is involved. Like per- yes. a permanent thing can happen to your character. It's not like Shadowrun in that you just get ramping up stuff until the end of the combat and then you're at like neg four to everything and then, you know, you go heal. No, this is like you are forever wounded. Yes, exactly. And it's a really, it's another point that like the nature of the permanence of wounds, not just the effect of them in the right. moment, right? But how easy is it to recuperate from those wounds? What can can you be maimed, right? Like that's a very real question. 
it does the and game. This, the, yeah, it takes your game to another level, really. Yes. Like you have the, that Shadowrun level where there's still there's still like fast flying action involved. Right. But you've also got this level of like more time where the action on the table is brutal and people are getting sort of knocked down and stunned and people are, you know, like it's a very bloody, bloody game. But in the end, then you're learning about the long-term consequences. In an RPG, you tend to experience that pretty immediately, right? There's not that that lack. In games where you've got a system to, like, lose a hand. Have you ever lost a limb in an RPG? I mean, I have. Uh, uh, many people may not have, especially if they've only experienced a, a handful of games, though. So Yeah. It's... I, I remember a very particular story, right, Trav? And I think you you might have been the GM for me here. We were playing, uh, you were GMing me in a game of riffs, right? And I was playing a gunslinger uh, from the, you know, this my favorite supplement. Yes. I'm not good at remembering my own games, but this does sound familiar. Sure. So I was playing a gunslinger, and I was like the traditional gunslinger, like a total knockoff of the gunslinger from the gunslinger. Right, the Stephen King. Oh book. yeah, to totally a fantasy fulfillment kind of deal. Yeah. Yes, just this like you know I could like reload with just my thumbs into my six shooters, right? And I could I think by that point I was like I could shoot other bullets out of the air, right? Like I could sort of styling. Yes, I could like effectively parry by shooting, you know, like I could people would shoot at me and I would just shoot their bullets down. Okay, that is like was we're, that our explanation for auto dodge? It's very interesting, very cool. I, I, I like think it. it was. Yeah, absolutely. So it was like hyper realism, right? As far as that goes. But then what did you do to me? So I'm flying high. I am a just murder machine incarnate with these pistols, right? And you got me in a fight like I was a vampire hunter. And because Mexico has vampires, blah, 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 whatever. Rifts is crazy. And uh, you got me in a fight with like a super vampire that was way beyond what I could handle. And he grabbed me and like just ripped my hand off okay in just, brutal fashion i'm sure yeah yes in a very brutal fashion just tore my right hand off of my body and again i am a dual weapon wielding gunslinger <laughs> like this is yeah this is your life your character's entire life is his hands, right? Yes. It's, it's just like if you're playing a pianist or, yes. you know, an, or even an expert swordsman, their hands are their life, you know? Yeah. Jamie Lannister style. Yeah, <laughs> well, exactly. You know? yeah. Um, what so, a great reference. Yeah. Yes. Jamie Lannister is an excellent reference for that because he was a swordsman. His entire character changed because of that maiming, right? I guess spoilers for Game of Thrones from five seasons yeah, ago, whatever. but whatever. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's fine. I assume everybody in the universe is pretty much watched up to season two. Or it might have even been one. Anyways, the point being is that it was hugely narratively impactful, right? And it made the experience so real. I didn't die. Death right. would have been boring, right? Then the character's just over. The story ends. Instead, you were spun. You know, instead, yes. instead it's, it spun you around. You're like, I have to figure out what now. Yes. And... It was so, like I had a wonderful time playing for a lengthy period of time after that. Um, and eventually you did restore my hand like somewhere way down the line. If you remember, you gave me like, did you a, like a cybernetic hand or something or what? what no, you gave me the leaf from the tree. And, oh, like, yeah, cool. Yeah, All right. in, in Gaming story is awesome. Yeah, yeah, nobody cares. Yeah, yeah, you got his hand back. I got my hand back. 
the point being is that it was a long road. It wasn't like, oh, the next game, let's just undo this. Right, like that. Right, it suddenly became a, a running theme for the character for a period of time, which really just completely redirected where the character's trajectory was originally going to go. Yes, and it wasn't. It didn't become the immediate quest either. Right, it wasn't like, oh, I've got to go find a new hand. It was just like, oh, nope, this is reality now. Right, like yeah. I have to learn how to operate with one hand and one gun, and can I still be as good as I was? Uh, this also speaks to uh, to good playing. Like, if you're a player out there, and and you know, just the idea of your character being maimed and probably at a disadvantage compared to other people in the group for a period of time, at least, uh, if not forever. I mean, think about steering into it and and really embracing it, and see if you because you, you can really glean a lot of fun out of that. Yes, absolutely. It's the greatest gift. I, I really mean that to be given a challenge like that in the game. Because now you are legitimately experiencing something unique. And so to me, that's where I think the conversation about damage and maiming and permanent consequences needs to be, right? Not about like, oh, does it realistically represent the world? Right. Who How can cares? it enhance the fun, right? Exactly. How can it enhance the fun of not just you, but your whole group? Yes. Um, and as a designer, you have to figure out whether whether – it's going to enhance the situation or it's going to ruin the situation, you know? Yep. Um, really glittery superhero stories uh, and, and, you know, stuff stuff with, like, su like Superman-style Yeah, like four-color comics, right? Something yeah, like four that. Yeah, four-color classic-feeling comic book-style, like, games. You probably, you're not going to see maiming. You shouldn't see maiming at all. You shouldn't, like, you know, yes, you should get wounded and get hurt, but you should get back up and fight the bad guys. It should be more about witty banter and, uh, you know, the, the, the really dastardly bad guy, you know, giving, giving his speech and then the superhero throwing him down, you know? Right. Yep. Like, the stuff like that should be happening. You should not be focusing on the damage. But on the other hand, there are some really gritty superhero stories out there. Yes. From I, I mean, for, there there's so many kick-ass and super are, are good um, kind of kind of uh, representation in film, uh, kind of out, out off the wall, outside of the norm. And they they established very early on in those films that damage happens and maiming happens and death happens and yep. and it's a big deal. Yep. And it says a lot about the world and your expectations of what is the result of the character's actions. And and moreover, I would say you can, you know, like the commonality of it and the expectation of it, you can use it even in games where it wouldn't happen more commonly. So like, for example, D&D really doesn't have rules for maiming, right? I mean, it's just, it's not a no. thing. Like, when, it's not like every sword swing has a chance to cut your finger off or something, right? But don't be afraid to inject something like that into the narrative at the right moment, if it's narratively appropriate. Like when I was confronting that master vampire, Rift doesn't have rules for, for maiming out of the gate either. But when I was confronting that master vampire, it was a very big, important narrative moment at the end of something. And I got myself in too deep and, and there were consequences, right? In the same way, you can use those consequences to, to these long-term consequences to pinpoint, right? To exclamation point is what I'd really say um a vital narrative moment in the game and so to me that, that that's exactly it the question of what is the right level of damage i should be using how should i represent damage in my world there's two questions there that you need to, that that that's that's the wrong question you need to get to the questions below that and i think the first one is 
what am I trying to represent? What's the tone I'm trying to set? How how do I want do I want to make this feel more real or more like you said, four color comics, you know, explosive and like in that kind of a superhero thing, damage is extremely temporary at best, yes. right? Um or do I what you know, so what where along that spectrum do I want to be? Also, how what are the expectations I want to place upon the characters, right? And the players of those characters for what life is like in this world right, right? How, how how much caution are you expected to have you know yes. that kind of thing yep 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 and i really i really feel like um best case scenario for, for you designers out there is that you can provide for both of these questions and for multiple situations um by by creating uh rules for these kinds of things and making them options and and presenting them as options instead of as this is the rule um you know, having having some 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 basic guidelines on what damage can do um, if you if you are running the type of game that requires that kind of damage, especially if you're you're designing a game that's much like Dungeons and Dragons and other fantasy games that can have such a tonal difference between from campaign to campaign setting. Yep. Um, because really, like Dungeons and Dragons, just covers this wide swath of fantasy, and there's so many different kinds of fantasy, and there are types of fantasy that really would thrive with the kind of damage and maiming and and those kind of rules, and some don't, as we've already we've talked about, you know, ad nauseum now. Um, so provide some kind of some kind of context um, so that the GMs who are going to be playing your game can understand when they can deploy these rules very clearly. Um, and in that, in that, in that case, you can also add other fun bolt-on systems like random tables and stuff, like you would find in Mordheim, whatever. Some neat stuff because random tables are always fun, right? Always we, fun. We already yes. figured that out. Random that tables was are like fun. Right away, top of the top of this podcast, we 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 learned yeah. that random tables are awesome. And if uh, and if you know your game well enough to know for sure what what you need pacing wise and story wise um, for your for your GMs and players to do and how how do they deal with damage and damage instances and and uh, things things of that nature, um, you can you can then make the decision beforehand uh, and set the tone of your entire game, such as a, a shatter run where where you already know what you're going to do and how your PCs are going to act and how you expect your GMs to build their stories. So the, uh, the damage is outlined very well and you can add that stuff in or remove it, remove the excess extraneous damage stuff and maiming and, and whatever, you know, four color comic style, get rid of that stuff. Um, and just make sure it's very clear and you can, you can even go so far as to explain why you made the choice. Okay, yep. uh, in your book, this is not against the rules. It's not against the rules to explain to your readers why you have designed a certain thing a certain way. Um, and in fact, it may help in the overall thing. I think we're probably going to talk about this in some other time. It's probably on the list. But anyhow, that's how I feel about it. How do you feel about it? Any other any other things to add to that, Vince? Yeah, I just want to really. I think you really hit on some really solid points there that I just want to put a pin on because I I agree so strongly. One is. If your game isn't hyper-specific, if it could be set with multiple tones, right? Like you said with D&D. For example, like if you're playing like a Conan world or a Dark Sun world, right? Those right, worlds so need many. to be grittier. And doing things like having representations for long-term damage, for getting wounds infected, things like that, that can make that world feel real, right? Um, at the flip side, 
if you're doing something more high fantasy, fast, fun action, like an Ebron or something like that, you probably want to leave those rules out. So why not just have a couple options in there, like you said, where you can just bolt on these systems and have other tables you can go on, make it more real, roll for a disease. Did your cut get infected? Did your hand get chopped off? Whatever. Um, so I, I think that is really good. And then as well, in the other thing that I wanted to touch on is you talked about in the hyper-specific, right? If you know effectively what's going on, yeah. then you can you can create to that. And there's a really good point you just brushed against, Okay. The more real you make damage and the more you have to suss out the effects of damage, the more you will slow down the combat oriented action of your game. Yeah, it's definitely going to it's going to it's going to pull the pacing back on the action because I mean, the the player characters are going to understand the world around them and how you just just like we said earlier about, you know, Regular people on the street don't just start, you know, start fighting all the time because yep. they know yep. it's crappy um, and bad things are going to happen if you do this kind of stuff. So the PC are going to know this stuff and they're going to know uh, well in advance, and so they're just, they're going to make choices and decisions that completely change the flow of the game. Yeah, and um, if you do get into it, what happens? You're referencing a lot of tables. You got to figure out the effects of wounds, right? Like constantly throughout. So if you're looking for like, if your game is like all about having fast paced, fun, frenetic action, right? Just pop, 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 like a crazy summer action movie. Well, then damage should generally be pretty easy. Mm -hmm. Like you mark a number or something, you move on, life continues, right? On the other hand, though, strategy and tactics are going to become a real thing. Yes. Um, when you when you hone in on that kind of damage and, and uh, maybe scenario. Absolutely, where where your PCs will seek to end the fight as fast as possible, right? We'll set up here. Okay, well, you're on the camera. Then we're going to watch them. The two guards are going to move here. You're going to jump out. We're going to ambush them from the back. You're going to the sniper's going to take out this guy, right? You're trying to like get every piece of the puzzle so that when it goes down, it's just whammo and done, right? So that that way there's no actual. It it it. The PC's goal in that high realism scenario is to actually reduce the interaction in combat, right? Yeah, ironically. Um, I, I I think another thing to bring on bring up just uh, just briefly, um, because I think we're get, we're getting long here. The uh, we always get long, but whatever. Um, we don't really care, right? But whatever, Not really. It's, it's a thing. Yeah. Uh, so. I th like we we touched on the designers and what they what they can do. We touched on players. Another thing for GMs here is that you like consider describing damage in as many circumstances as possible. Um, even if your game is the game you're running is uh, you know the designers of the, of the game you you are running uh, created kind of a, a a light scenario where damage doesn't do a lot or whatever. You can still make the most of that by describing things round to round. The more information your players have, the better they can play their character in a situation. So if your character, you know, say say your character gets shot in the leg during a firefight, you might think twice about you know trying to dash across the the open field between opponents and his party to rescue someone or to grab the money or whatever the the thing in the, that scenario is, right? Yep. Um, and plus, it's also freaking cool as a player, like to get play by play on what what could otherwise just be. Roll dice, take the damage. Next roll, roll dice, take damage. You know what I mean? Oh, I totally so, agree. Yes. So really, GMs could really think think about, and you can you can beforehand come up with scenarios in your head and ways to describe things, um, and you just get better at it the more you do it. You know, cut on the leg and and uh, a little a little bit of blood, uh, a little bit of blood stripe across the cheek. You know, little things like that make a huge difference in and can change the tone again 
um, of a fight. If you're fighting like like a, a mini boss, a sub boss, you know, on your way to the big boss, and he cuts you across the face and leaves a scar and then gets away, that gives you incentive as a player or a character to catch that dude, right? Right. It's yep. cool. So describe your da- describe the damage whenever you can, whenever you can, whenever you feel like it's appropriate enough to describe. It may make your games run a little bit longer, might slow things down a little bit, but sometimes it, sometimes that's a good thing. It's also going to up that immersion way up, so really far does. up. Yeah, that is that's a, a little off topic. Sorry about no, that. No, it's but. not. That was I'm so glad you brought that up because I that's that's a fantastic point. Uh, in fact, I think that's a wonderful point to end on because. There you go. We we've hit all sides of the equation. You think that's pretty good? Um, that's totally good, and uh, that's that's pretty much uh, damning and da- damage and damning adds yeah, damning damage and maiming <laughs> in games, uh, and that's undesigned. Undesigned. See you next time, everybody.